Hello and welcome back. This is the weekly recap. This is week number 46. Almost didn't happen, but yes, it is 46. I'm correct. Yeah, we, um, <laughs> we're recording this now on a Wednesday. We typically record on Sundays, and we'll probably be back on Sunday of this coming week as well. Um, it's been kind of a hectic week. I was in town um, in Pittsburgh. This is Jake speaking, of course. Um, Thanks, Jake. I came back from, from Oregon just for a quick, quick little four-ish day trip. Turned out to be longer because the weather in Bend, Oregon has been so terrible. There, there were 14 inches of snow on Monday in Bend, Oregon. <laughs> uh, the roads are absolutely destroyed. That just sounds insane. Uh, they don't, they do very little snow clean up here. They don't throw salt. I think for like environmental impact reasons. Um, so they do, I think they do a little bit of like, some kind of like stone or maybe some type of like alternative um, material that they use to, to like help either melt some of the snow. But when you get 14 inches in one day, it's, it's nearly impossible to keep up with that. I mean, you'd have, you'd have to be running probably four times the amount of people that they're currently running nonstop for basically 24 hours to, to clear all that snow away. So this is now on day three of Basically, what I'll what I'll call Snowbageddon two. Um, Snowbageddon part two, reloaded. We're gonna run, <laughs> up like we're, yeah, we're gonna run it up like Sharknado. We're gonna get up to like seven <laughs> Sharknados. Um, Snowbageddon, in, the second one. <laughs> in terms of Snowbageddon, um, I was telling one of my friends about Snowbageddon in like two thousand, what was it, two thousand eight or two thousand nine in Pittsburgh, when basically everybody shut down for like a week because there was so much fucking snow. Yep, I was living in so, Columbus. It was pretty bad. I mean, even the drive home and, and even like just now we went to this red Robin that is right across the, there's a little bridge that um, there's like a shopping center and stuff in the hotel that I'm staying in. And we drove from the hotel around, which is maybe like a, a, a mile total, if, if not like significantly less. <laughs> and the roads were so shitty. We were like slipping out. This dude like floored it around me because he had his, his Jeep like lifted and <laughs> Like it was, it's just an absolute nightmare out there. And like, there are people that just like left their cars on the side of the road. Cause they just, they fell off and they had no way of getting them out. So they just, I guess had somebody pick them up or I'm not even sure how you'd go about doing that. Anyway, I digress. So, um, we had, uh, we had some good times in Pittsburgh this weekend. Um, again, I, I hung over a little bit longer than I was expecting to, but I didn't actually do any more drinking. Was that a fucking um, pun? The last day, the what? Was that a fucking pun? <laughs> I hung over. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that, uh, jag off. Yeah, my mind's in uh, in a different place right now. Traveling, uh, I'm telling you what, traveling when you don't know where you're going to be or when you're going to be flying out of places is exhausting. Like yesterday, I had no idea how far I was going to get before they were just like, "Yeah, we can't, we can't fly you anywhere." They don't really get a lot of snow in Seattle, as I found out. And I, I was in Atlanta, flew to Seattle, which was like a five and a half hour, five forty-five flight, and got to Seattle. As soon as we touched down, I look at my phone to check to see like where my flight is at for the next one, going to Redmond, and they're like, it's delayed until eleven this morning. Got delayed again to two thirty, then three fifteen, three thirty. They ended up backing it off to three o'clock when we actually left. So. Finally got back here. I'm drinking some Ten Barrel, which is uh, big beer, but uh, this one's pretty good. This is 
I was talking to Nick a little bit before we started this podcast. Uh, this one's called Young Squeezy. Uh, it tastes significantly different in a bottle than it does on draft. Um, See, that's interesting to me. I think I like I like the draft a little bit better. Um, I had already had like two beers by the time I had that when I was at Ten Barrel. <laughs> Excuse me, but. Um, I like it in a draft a little bit more. There are certain beers that I like in bottles better or cans better, and then some that I like on draft. And it, it really just depends on the type of beer, too. Because there are some like IPAs that I like better on draft and some stouts that I like better in bottles than draft or whatever it is. It's not like consistent across all the beers all, or all the beer styles, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I get that. Uh, I feel like bottles tend to be a little bit closer to the draft than cans. I mean, is that is that just me being crazy? I don't. It, it, it also, de- I think it also depends on like big beer versus little beer, like uh, microbreweries and stuff. It seems like it's f- closer than or or it, I no, actually, I take that back. I think it could vary a little bit more with with microbreweries. It's almost like big beer, like everything is pretty much packaged and done the same way. I don't know. I feel like if you get a Sam Adams Boston lager on draft as opposed to, I mean, they're not big beer, but like bigger craft places. Like, yeah, but also you got to factor in time, right? Like time in the bottle, time in to ship it to, you know, that kind of thing. So I feel like that's something that may come through a little bit more in larger breweries. When you're getting it from a craft place, because they, they don't usually hold on the cans for more than maybe depending on where you go, but, typically not longer than maybe a week or two weeks, especially the places that we went in Pittsburgh and a lot of the places up in Boston too. Like it's meant, it's really meant to be drank within a week so that it is, is closer to what you'd see on like a draft or something. Right. Sure. Sure. Although, I mean, I, I, you see that with like some of the, the bigger players you can like East end, for example, is one that, that hangs around a lot when it comes to their releases. Like um, you get a big hop, that might be on the shelf for three months or something like that. And it's still big hop. It's just not, you know, I just don't particularly like that beer, but yeah, there's, there's some players in the game that where like, if they're not selling out of it, then you know that either something's wrong with the beer or people just aren't as hype on it, you know, but then there's the other ones that make enough and produce enough like Southern tier and stuff like that, where you see them everywhere, victory and, um, I feel like I'm just name dropping at this point, so I'm just gonna <laughs> kind of fade yeah, away no. here. <laughs> and it's we can we can list all the the good big breweries that, that we want, but no, I think you're right. Um, so anyway, let's get into a little bit about this weekend. Um, yes, we got in Friday night. We had uh, a couple of offerings from I think there I think it was Levante, correct? Levante. That was my first introduction to Levante. We had um, what was it called? Tickle tickle parts. Finger- Something or tickle parts. Yeah, that's uh, that's the um, one I have here right now because I got two so beers, one, or two cans so of each. We had, we had that one on Friday night. Um, we got in. I got in a little bit late. It was. It's really difficult to fly across the country and, and get in at like a reasonable time, especially going west to east because you lose the time unless you're flying at like eight a.m. So we got in. I got in at eleven. Uh, went over to Nick's. To Nick was already pretty much half in the bag at that point. Um, <laughs> which is to be expected on like a Friday night. I had had Uh, like two and a half, maybe three beers by the time you guys got there. Plus you had off on Saturday. So that's true. That's a whole thing. 
Yeah. Um, Mainly so, my weekends off are precious. And so when I have them, I like to party up a little bit, let's say. Yeah. So I appreciate the fact that you took off Saturday to, so we can hang out a little bit. Plus dad's birthday and all that stuff. We'll get into that. But yeah, um, we, so we hit up dancing gnome on Saturday um, and hitchhiker. So Nick, Nick went to the release on, on uh, Saturday morning at hitchhiker. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that, Nick? Did you? Yeah. See so, any, I mean, you were like third in line, so it's not like you saw anything too too crazy, and it didn't seem like they really ran through everything because they still had those cans by the time we got there later in the afternoon. Yeah. So the craziest thing about that was probably the beers that I had in line. Um, but I, again, yeah, Hitchhiker is one of those ones that's very inconsistent, and I don't mean their beers. I mean, their fan base because I've gotten there at 11 o'clock when I did on Saturday and there's a line across the building. And this time I showed up, there's two dudes standing out there with their coolers, hanging out, drinking a beer. So I went up and, uh, so we had about an hour to kill. So I was just sitting there BSing with them, finishing my coffee and met a couple of guys who are, I guess not real big in the trade game, but are at least, in the trade game. So yeah. uh, the one guy named uh, Andrew was uh, talking about uh, his family lives up in Boston area. So they go to like Trillium tree house, all those. And so he had a, um, oh, I'm going to butcher this name cause I can never remember it. It's plane over car over train over boat is the name of the beer. And it is a quadruple from Trillium that they just released for the first time, like last week. They did. Um, still, I'm still very much into the Boston beer scene on social media. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. And I follow along, <laughs> which is kind of torture at this point because I have no real access to there until I could, I could have an opportunity to get out there a little bit more frequently with this job, but that won't be for at least another couple of months here, I would think. Um, but yeah, so it's they've been releasing a lot of crazy stuff, and like they had Trillium had a super soak recently they that did. was like it was it was like fruit salad or something or it was one of the one of their sour series where it was like a fruit salad so they did like they must have put 10 different fruits in this beer and it, it had to have just like tasted like some sort of ridiculous fruit orgy well that we had the Either um, that or it, it only like one flavor just overpowered the rest of them. I feel like that that's the problem you run into when you try to cram so many different things into a beer. Well, I think that was what we kind of commented on whenever we had the uh, triple seesaw, right? Cause that was the triple seesaw yeah. fruit salad or whatever they called it. And <laughs> that one was excellent. I thought, I thought it was a great beer, but again, you got a lot of the like raspberry. I think it was raspberry in that, right? Or, they did, it was like raspberry, blueberry, and blackberry, maybe. Yeah. And or, or one of those, other, or like currant was in there, maybe. Well, but it, it reminded me a lot of like this, you know, just eating like a fruit bowl, you know, where, yeah, you get the individual flavors if you're really paying attention, but if you're just drinking it <laughs> as like just to experience it, you're getting all of it at once and it just tastes like yeah. dark berry drink, you know? So I get what you're saying there for sure. But this quad. 13% IPA was probably one of the smoothest high alcohol beers I've ever had. And I mean, I didn't have a ton of it, but it was a, um, 
it was really boozy, but still had the body to it. So it wasn't just like you were just sipping on like a, like a low end. I don't know. I, I can't even or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it wasn't like a liquor, but like- it definitely had the hot flavor. It had the, the citrusy notes. Like it was a hazy as hell beer. And I was just really glad to be able to try it. And I, I've seen that a lot. I mean, we, we've been there, you know, together and we've had some of their higher alcohol beers and I don't know what it is that they or how they really like mask that, but they do such a great job of, of like dampening the high booze flavor. And I've had so many beers, a lot of, a lot of like barrel aged beers that I think are widely available, maybe from craft places that are, are from, or that are closer to big beer. And then just some of the stuff that actually comes out of big beer is just so overpowering to me. And I don't know how or what they do to soften a lot of those booze notes, but every, every single thing that I've had from them, that's even their standard beers can run a double IPA from them can run up to like nine or nine and a half percent. Right. Which you don't typically see. It's usually maybe like an eight or eight and a half. Um, they just, they've never, I've never really gotten to a point where I've had a, a beer where I just couldn't drink it anymore or, or like had to force it down because it was overpowering. And that's the thing, you know, like, I don't really drink beer for that. I know that you guys are big fans of, of trying to like incorporate those like different types of liquors and things, especially with like the barrel aging, like programs that all of these, these places are now developing. But I don't, I don't, I don't pick beer because I want it to taste like liquor. And that's, what's cool about them is like, I've had a couple of their, their barrel aged things and, and some of the higher alcohol stuff. And I've never gotten that it was, it was like too difficult to drink. Right. Yeah. And that's something, I mean, I don't think that I've had a bad beer from Trillium, even though they got flack for not paying their employees and, you know, throwing tequila in a beer. (laughs) Um, Yeah. They, they seem to make a, such a solid product that I can kind of look past that stuff just because. Yeah. Unless you're like really like affecting people's like quality of living that work for you and stuff like that. I don't know if it's like necessarily that widespread because I haven't even heard that story, but. Um, you know, I'm not going to defend them if they're like, if their labor practices aren't, aren't that great because that's, that's really shitty. There's no place for that. No, not at all. But in terms of quality, like every single beer I've had from them, like you were saying is very good. Yeah. And uh, so to touch on that a little bit, that was in the news probably a month ago or more. Um, and I mean, it was on all the message boards and everybody's boycott Trillium and blah, blah, blah. And then everybody next week is going, Oh, can somebody get me that release? You know? But the story was, I guess they were, because they were opening that new place in Fort Point, right? Mm -hmm. That's the new one, right? Fort Point? Yeah, Fort Point. Yeah, well, they had had one there for a while, but it it wasn't a restaurant or a tap room or anything. Right. So the the story went that there were employees that were told to apply for the job there. Mm-hmm. And they were like already employees doing that job at Canton or, you know, their other locations and they were being hired at lower rates. Which is crazy because it's, it's expensive enough if you're living in like South of Boston, but if you're trying to easily get into the city, you pretty much have to live, you know, maybe in like Dorchester, like South Boston, South Boston, um, or, or like, you know, up North or, a little bit close, like it's a big city and it's tough. It's tough 
tough. I tried to say tough and difficult there. Tough occult? together. Yeah. And I said tough occult. So we're just gonna go with that. <laughs> tough occult. Um, I try to weave that into the <laughs> name of this podcast somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, my brain's already churning. But the yeah, duff and the tough occult. It's, it's, it's so di- it's difficult to to make a good list. I'm sure that like as like a server or like a bartender in Boston, it's not like you're not making that much money and it's not a cheap city to live. It's not, you know, it's not outrageously expensive like New York city or LA, but I can see how that would like quickly turn, especially, but, but the whole, you know, the point of it is that they're, they're getting paid less for the same job. Right. Which is just completely outrageous to think that somebody would think that that's somehow a good idea. And and I don't know if like, maybe they thought that maybe that successful to begin with, but all these guys have done is be successful. There's no reason that they can't pay their employees well. Because if you go there on a on even on like a Wednesday night, you're it's going to be packed. Like right now, if I'm not sure what time they close tonight, but even right now, I'm sure that there are a lot of people hanging out and drinking beers. Yeah, but so I mean if, the other if thing you can is afford to pay their employees a little bit more. It's outrageous to think that they wouldn't do something like that. And I'm sure that all the other competing breweries are thrilled to hear stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, yeah, like Disney world opening up like Disney earth or something like that and not expecting it to be the same price to get in as, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like that, that's the, yeah, you're that you're the only player in the game basically. Yeah. Downtown more or less. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. night shift has their like couple of spots and, but none of them are as big or as well established as Trillium. No. So, well, I mean, Disney has their own. They've had their own, you know, uh, issues with. <laughs> right. No, I don't want to go into that. morality when it comes into <laughs> like paying their employees well because they're. I mean, I've read plenty of articles from, you know, reputable news sources saying that they don't pay their employees shit. Plus, we. I mean, we have, you know. I'm not trying to call out Disney. This is, you know, hopefully we don't get like a cease and desist from them now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that they're listening to every podcast that's on Apple podcasts. No, no, uh, there's some sort of algorithm where they just search their name and then it listens for it. So we're going to get a phone call. Um, yeah, no, but uh, I'm not saying like, mean we, we made it big. It was just a bad example. Right. So, yeah, but I mean, it was like, that was the egregiousness of it because like, Trillium, they tried to make it right, and I don't know the inner workings of their business model or anything like that, but at the end of the day, they're still one of the top players in craft beer, and they're not going anywhere. So, no, and, and they're only going to continue to get bigger, and I'm not sure what time, when they'll eventually start distributing to other places. Um, but hopefully this is like a growing will, pain, right? You know, I hope it's something that they're going to get better from. It's a, yeah, I mean, there, and that's the thing with a lot of these smaller places that just get it seemingly they just get massive overnight. Yeah. When that's not, that's not the case at all. You don't just, you don't just walk into like, you know, buying a new restaurant and stuff. As you guys spoke about Grist House last week, you don't walk into no. just over and <laughs> craft beer, right? It's, no, it's a lot of don't. people who, I mean, it's, there are so many popping up and like, because of that, there are a lot of people who are kind of expecting that a lot of these places come in and they're just already fantastic, which isn't always the case. But I think Trillium got in at the right time of like Boston beer revolution. And, and we've been hearing about them from, from Eddie for years now. But 
Anyway, this was a this was a pretty ridiculous diversion here about all kinds <laughs> of stuff. Let's get back to yeah. So I was in line at Hitchhiker. Quad Petroleum was um, very delicious. Um, other beers that you had in line included. Uh, we had. Oh, I'm sorry. I had <laughs> a uh, collab from Bearded Iris uh, with Weldworks that was basically like a s'mores pastry stout. And uh, that one was pretty good. I got kind of the end of the can on that one, so I can't really. I'm not going to rate it. I'm not going to comment like, "Oh, this was you know somewhat you know too sweet or whatever." Because I I really don't feel like I got a good drink of it. Um, you it, find that that's an issue, not to not to spiral out of control. No, let's spiral. Let's let's go. You find it's this is the Sharknado <laughs> episode. Like we're we're way too self aware this and we're like okay we need to stop doing that right now when we can just do it and just bring it back yeah let's uh um, let's sharknado the no, fuck so out of this like, <laughs> i i haven't really been to a release where i've seen or been really a part of people drinking beers in line i really don't think that i can think back to one time where i was offered a beer in line i handed you guys beers when you were in line one time yeah <laughs> when you got uh, back from boston around Thanksgiving when i was yeah so, like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because it's, it's, it's tough to know when people got this. Unless it's a release that you know for a fact has only come out, like, once in the last three months, then you know that it's, like, fairly fresh. Yeah. So what's your, what's your um, you know, what's your viewpoint on, like, or, or stance on how you can really truly rate beers that you're, ha- like, being handed from strangers? So I would – so – my thing is I usually take line beers at face value, right? I try to, t- I try to go in seeing, Oh, this is a beer. Like I, I generally will check the untapped ratings on stuff as I'm drinking it or after I'm done drinking it before I even think about rating it. Because number one, it's not fair to skew the numbers based on a bad experience with a good beer. Um, that's something that is at the core of my rating system anyway. So if I like a beer and maybe the, the rating doesn't line up with what people are saying on untapped, I'm going to put that in there. But if it's, if it's a shitty experience or if I had a bad time at the brewery, I'm not going to count that into my beer rating experience. So, and this is very, uh, we, we use untapped too much and you know, that kind of thing. But at the same time, I like to know what I drank and I'll generally put notes about my rating in that kind of scenario rather than rate the beer so that everybody sees it. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, you don't want to inflate it necessarily and just be like, Oh, just because I'm in line and like, I'm having a good time. I hard say, five, like, hard five, hard five, hard yeah. five. Yeah. No, that's not the right. case. It, I mean, but you know, like when you're, you're being handed something from one of these top players or one of the well, like more well-known places, that it's it's probably a good beer, and if you don't have a good experience, it's probably not as terrible as you're perceiving that it is. Right. So that, take that for what it is, but at the same time, I had a beer in line at Dancing Gnome, and this was probably six, eight months ago, maybe a year ago at this point, um, and it was a beer from El Segundo out of California, we, okay. ne- we never see them. They are not something that you're just going to casually come across at a bottle share or, you know, your buddy's going to be like, oh, I just got back from L.A., bro. Check out this El Segundo beer. No, that doesn't happen. So 
I grabbed it and immediately like the guy was like, oh, here, yeah, just you know, pass it around, pass it back, whatever. I'm like, oh, this is fucking great. I know the name of the beer. Like, I, I've seen the brewery before. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Maybe this is something cool. I checked later. It was a year old. Yeah. And it wasn't good. But I'm yeah. not going to factor that into my rating. So that's the problem with the – and I, I want to say – let me just preface this next statement by saying the dudes at Line Shares, some of the nicest people on the planet. They know their shit. They bring good shit. They don't ask for anything in return. So when I say that was a bad pour in a line at Dancing Gnome, which is 3,000 miles away from El Segundo Brewery, that doesn't yeah. reflect on the damn brewery. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, number one, I didn't put a rating on that I'm, beer. I'm always leaning towards someone did it store someone didn't store it well, someone didn't keep it cold. Someone, you know. It was it was a double or, IPA. Right, or they just they kept it for too long. Yeah, it was a double IPA. Right. That that shit needs to be gone in 2 months. I don't at care least, if it is in a pounder bottle at, or a, a at latest. You should be drinking it at 2 months. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you're sharing it with your buddy on the East Coast, you better see him in the next two months or throw the shit away. Like, I don't mean, but it was a bomber. I mean, it was a 22 ounce bottle, but it's not, that does not age well, is really what it comes down to. Especially not those. I mean, there there are specific beers and and wines and other types of liquor that that would typically age well, but that is not one of them. I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking when I get this, this 10 barrel that I'm drinking, Young Squeezy IPA. From Ten Barrel in uh, Bend, Oregon. Um, I'm not thinking that. Oh man, I you know what I need to do? I need to do this because I mean they're they're nationwide, so this is probably a bad example. But you know, I'm not going to go to a, a Sun River out here. I'm I'm not going to go to Crux and grab a Crowler of something or right, Crowler, another bad example, a Bomber of something that's a double IPA and keep it for any any real length of time. You know, unless it's like the best beer I've ever had. Even at that, you're not giving the people that you're sharing with the best possible experience. So that's also on you. Yeah. Like, no, I, I agree. I, I tend to lean towards this person as nice as they are. And like, thank you for, thank you for like exposing me to El Segundo. But like, I didn't necessarily need to have that. Cause then you start thinking like, maybe they don't make the best beer. Right. Or so, you know, like you, I honestly point, don't know because that's like, the only experience that sub- I have with them. Right. Maybe if it, if it's only subconscious, like you'll go there and you'll be like, Oh, like, I, I don't know if I'm going to like a lot of these beers. And then maybe you'll start thinking like, Oh, this, this isn't as good as I was expecting it to be. And there's, there is a lot of hype that goes around the craft beer industry. And that's like the best way that I can describe to anybody. that's never really been a part of it is everything gets so hyped up and yes. it doesn't always live up to it. And that's what sucks for these brewers. in a lot of cases is they have to come hitting every single time. Well, or the majority of the time, because if you have one bad experience somewhere, you're like, oh man, these guys are just like, like there, there are breweries that like I've somewhat avoided because I'm like, man, this one beer that I have from them, just, it's just not very good. Yeah. Like for and me, I mean, the, one, the one that comes to mind is Rusty Rail. Oh, I have, Jesus. I had a beer from them that was just almost unpalatable. And so funny story pretty good beer and like (laughs) this goes back to what you guys were talking about last week about 11th hour and how we haven't really had the best experiences with them but you go there and you have a different 
you know, a different batch of something or you have a new, a completely new beer that they've developed. Like a lot of these people make very good beer and like they put, they, they pour their entire lives into it. Yeah. So I don't want to just completely shit on these people because I know how hard they work (laughs) and I've been a part of like the craft liquor industry. So I know how, how like long these hours are and how much shit these people take. Yeah. That I, you know, I'm not going to tell them that like, this is the worst beer I've ever had, but it, it sort of weighs on me. And like, I, I'm, they're doing well for themselves because they find themselves in these bottle shops in Pittsburgh and, and some of these smaller places around Bend, Oregon or whatever it is. But like, it's just, it's so tough for these people to, to keep it up every single time. And you have one bad experience with something and you'll, you maybe never have it again. Yeah. And maybe it's just one person that, you know, doesn't go to your brewery and you're probably still doing fine, but you know, that, that affects how I, how I view things as well. But anyway, I didn't mean to steal the spotlight there. Continue. No, 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 you're good. I, I totally agree with the, with that sentiment though. Like, I mean, at some point it's, it's my money that you're taking for a product that I expect a certain right, level it's my of money and I need it now. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. That's copyright. We can't do that. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, but I mean that in the most literal sense is that I'm giving you something that I worked hard to get for something that I want to enjoy. And mm-hmm. if it's a bad experience, if it's a, you know, the dude next to me farted in line while I was waiting for my beer. And like, I got grossed out to the point where I had to leave. <laughs> then, you know, that's going to weigh on my decision to go back there. Now, I mean, that's, again, an extreme scenario, right? But yeah. at the same time, like, um, so it's we just, had a it's great a, time. It's such a strange concept. So, like, it, it reminds me of a lot of, like, the, the buying sneakers culture where – and it's different, right? Because it's something that you consume. It's not really something that you're – you know, it's not like, oh man, I can't wait to get this like super exclusive release of sneakers, but it's more similar than you'd think. Yeah, but no, not, I not like line sharing stuff. Like people aren't like handing out a pairs of shoes to other people in line and stuff, but people are like sort of jealous of what other people have and that kind of stuff. And it's it's just such a strange concept that people are like willing to to give up hours of their life and and wake up super early just to go wait in line for a beer that they've never had before. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're you're 100 percent correct. Right? But so you're you're kind of just like putting your faith in people. But but again, you you get into this, you know, sort of like love affair with them, like like how you guys are with dancing. No, I mean how I am with them as well, and, and a lot of other places. Like you're like you're willing to take that risk because it's it's more than just about the beer, right? It oh, becomes yeah. this whole cultural thing, right? And it's about the food that you're getting there and the people that you're meeting and all this stuff. And that's that's again. And we, we say this at length a lot of the time, but like, that's really why we do this. That's why we spend so much time at, at breweries and we spend so much money is that like, we just enjoy the, the camaraderie that comes along with it more so than maybe just the beer. Cause you're going to have bad beer, right? You're going to have a beer that you don't, or not bad beer, but a beer that you don't care for, or, or you're going to have a bad experience with maybe a bartender one day who was having a bad day or something like that. But yeah, but like, at the, at, like bottom line is, you're still going to keep going back because you know that they're making better quality products and you're getting it fresher than you might get from somebody else. And I will say like, no, this is a generalization to the point where I probably shouldn't even say it, but the tap room is the new neighborhood dive bar, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's just a, a fact, right? Because like you walk into these places and I see, 
you know, Jared and I see Kush and I see, you know, like down the line, you see all the bartenders from the other bars and you run into people at Hitchhiker and, you know, oh, you guys heading over to Dancing Gnome for the can? Yeah, we'll be there. You know, I'll see you there, blah, 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 whatever, like that kind of thing. And it becomes this community. And as, as much as it's ballooned to the point where you have a brewery every six miles or whatever average in the country, like in the last 10 years, 7,000 or, you know, 15,000 or whatever the number is Mm -hmm. breweries have opened. Like this is, you hear about the ones closing, you hear about maybe bad products, but at the end of the day, if you go in there and the bartender waves at you and says, Hey, Norm, is that really that bad of a thing? No, I don't think so. You know, they, I mean, and everybody's got their their place too, right? I mean, you, yeah. You think about just if if you were to take a lineup of people who go, you know, uh, you take them from all over the place in in Pittsburgh or or San Francisco or Bend, Oregon or Boston or yeah, New right? York, wherever, yeah, anywhere in the country, just just throw a dart at the map and go to some somebody. They're gonna say. Oh, you got to go here. Like this is my spot. This is what I, this is where, where I like to go. It's never, you know, there are lots of people who have that same spot, but there's also plenty of people who, instead of going to who instead of going to Dancing Elm, they're grist house people or they're dry log people or you know strange roots or you know yeah. Um, there's just so many of them, and it, it, I just think it's cool that everybody has their neighborhood like cheers, if you will. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that. Uh, I think Trevor really talked about like how widespread his reach was a couple episodes ago. Like he was talking about New England area, Maine and Vermont and New Hampshire and like all these places that I had never heard of until he brought them up. But he was like the guys there are great. Like if you go talk to you know John or Jim or Ed or whatever, you know, like the like He's just dropping these names, but I mean, if I go up there and I text Trevor, I say, "Hey, who is that guy at uh, Oxbow?" He's gonna say, "Oh, yeah, talk to Steve. Let him know I said hi. You know, whatever he can send me back. You know, I'll pay him for it. Whatever that kind of thing. You know, that's that's the community, right? You you have this mm-hmm. relationship. Now, I mean, he's in the industry, so it's a little different. But yeah. these guys want to talk to you. They want to present their best product. If it's one thing that I've learned about." people in general, it's that if you own a business, if you are your own moneymaker, you want to talk about it as much as humanly possible. Of unless, course. unless you're a shitty business owner, <laughs> you know, well, that's it's really your way of life. Yeah. And it, it always means so much more that, you know, but you it's also what your- you love. That's the thing. Like you love doing this every day. You wake up at 4am on a brew day and you're the happiest person in the world to be doing it. Now, you mean you may have an off day and you may be pissed off that, you know, a beer didn't turn out the right way or whatever, but you're talking about somebody's making their money. Like they're, they're paying their, their mortgage. They're, you know, expanding their business. They're making friends with people they never would have met stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I, I don't know where a lot of the hate comes from. I mean, it, you know, you see a lot of people who, you know, and there are places that I don't necessarily like going to for one reason or another, but there's never a reason to, to like truly hate somebody because of one experience that you've had at their restaurant or somewhere, or like had a bad beer or anything. Like, 
it's not that it doesn't mean that much you know right. like <laughs> you don't you don't go there one time or or you go there one time and you you don't ever go back they're probably still doing fine right yeah, yeah absolutely customer unless you know unless they're doing something completely egregious or they're they're violating health codes or so, like something crazy like that there's no reason that like mass amounts of people are just not, are going to stop going yeah to a lot of these places that have, have established themselves as like heavy hitters in this industry and even not even uh, and i'll take it one step fur- further excuse me <clears throat> sorry um i'll take it one step further and say even the small guys right even the very small guys like um one that comes to mind just because they're in the um, in my feed a lot this week is uh, Allegheny City. Mm-hmm. I've been there twice. Okay, yeah. twice in the the two years that they've been open, I guess almost now, and yeah. they have their first can release this week. Um, Most dope is the name of the IPA. Um, so they're uh, they released it today actually. So get out there this weekend, grab some. I don't know if it's still available or not, but I'm sure that they didn't have a line out the door. And the thing is, like, cool place. Love the atmosphere. Wasn't real crazy about the beers the first time. I'll say that hands down. And that that's not necessarily mean to say either, right? Like I can I can have an opinion on your beers, right? And just because I'm standing sitting behind a microphone right now doesn't make it any more valid or less valid. But the second time the beers were better. I'll probably go back. I'll probably grab cans this weekend when I'm out and about. Like that's something that really makes like growing your, your business makes it more viable, right? Like if, if, if you're continuing to improve, I want to see that. I want to try it again and it's, don't write it off for one reason, right? Like that's kind of the theme of this conversation. Yeah, exactly. So it's because it's so, it's so easy to do that, and everybody has their their favorite places, and not everybody is will as as willing to step out of their like comfort zone and go other places. But I feel like this was another thing that I I came to last week. My conclusion. So I was listening to it while I was in the airport today. I'm doing a little bit of work. Uh, the podcast from last week where you guys were sort of all over the map, and that was actually that was actually a good podcast. We've had some good podcasts. I like. We always <laughs> kind of like rag on ourselves for not being good, but we have some good conversations, you know. And, and like occasionally, we'll we'll get to a point where somebody's talking too too long, and that there will be like a weird pause here and there and stuff like that. But I think we're getting better, and we understand. It's just like we pretty much just do it for fun. Yeah. Anything There's no pressure. Out, There's no but, pressure here. <laughs> anything ever comes out of it. Like I don't think any of us truly believes that like we'll get big off of this or like be able to monetize it in any way. No, but I, it, that doesn't even matter for me. You know, it's it's more about the camaraderie again, as we've as we've talked about. But um, the the one thing that I came to that uh, we that you guys were talking about a little bit last week was I completely forget where I was going with this. I oh. feel really shitty about that. <laughs> it, it's gonna come. It'll come back to me like after the podcast, like the, the revisiting. Was it was it when we were talking what about eleventh hour? What were we talking about? We're talking about like revisiting places or not giving up on somebody after one experience. Um, Allegheny City was the one that I was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> there was one. There were like a few times this the, the, during the podcast when I was listening that I was like, "Oh man, like I really have something to say about this." And I it was this is one of them, and I completely forget. But <laughs> anyway, um, 
Yeah, no, I think we're we're definitely we're definitely getting better. We're we're better than we were when we started for oh, sure. Oh, for God's sake! Just have yeah. some, some newer things to talk about. I'm like, we do bring up some some similar things each time we go about like talking about a podcast, right? But you want to have some sort of consistency. But we also do branch out and and talk about things that maybe aren't necessarily related to craft beer or whatever. But, um, you know, it's it's just it's so cool to fucking see so many like. So many places they just get they just get really really successful, and I think it's awesome to see. Right, it's, it's a lot of these people are just building it from their own backyard, right? In a lot yeah, of cases, garage or yeah, it's like from and it's like you know a lot of these places, you know, they're not they're going from homebrewing to a much bigger system, just sort of on the fly. You don't get practice with that you know you know but maybe before you start it up you throw like a few batches in or or maybe maybe a a couple but you're not wasting that kind of money right you're gonna throw it on there and you're gonna hope that it that it tastes good and then you just figure it out along the way and that's sort of what you're saying with allegheny city like it takes some time to figure out what the hell you're doing and it goes for any job anywhere right you can't always expect that everybody's gonna come come out of the gate just completely flying Right. And some of these places do, and everybody's a little bit different, right? Some, some people just get it right off the bat or they've, they've had experience doing it. They've gone to school for it or something they like worked that. With, they worked a with a head brewer somewhere else or, or yeah. Or just like regular Joes and they're just like, Hey man, I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be really cool to start a brewery. And that, that's like the, you know, the, Oh, I want to start a podcast thing yeah. of like five years ago was, Oh, I'm going to start a brewery because like, I think that this is extremely lucrative and it has shown to be. Yeah. Over the past five years. Oh, we should open a bar, dude. Like, yeah, it's the right, same but, idea. Like, give these people like a little bit of time to like sort of figure it out. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that might have been part of that article a little bit is like, like jumping to conclusions. Like, just don't, you don't need to, based on one experience. I mean, if, if, if a place has been around for five years and you go there and none of the beers that you have are good or, or what you think is good then just don't go back, you know? And, but, but if they're around for five years, they've been doing something right for enough people to continue getting people coming there. Um, so, so you had some, uh, you had some Trillium, you had some, uh, <laughs> way, to, El- way to reel it back in. <laughs> El Segundo you had like a year ago. Right? Yeah, that was a while ago. Uh, that was the, uh, but, um, uh, what was it? Crap. Uh, bearded iris, bearded iris, and well works, yeah. Um, so they were, uh, those uh, the two beers that were pretty solid. Um, that was pretty much all I had in line though, because I wasn't really getting into the drinking until later in the day because I was still driving at that point and I was being responsible, arrive alive, right? So I did not have the beer that I bought before I bought it at Hitchhiker. Um, but that was the uh, fictional, what was the name of it? Uh, it was d- fictional. Something. It's so hard to keep. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah. Cause they, theirs are all over the map, um, but it was, yeah, it was right. brewed with, it looks like Reese's pe- Reese's puff cereal, right? Cause it was yeah. like chocolate and peanut butter and yeah. And it had, it had a good amount of peanut butter. So we, yeah. Let, so let's get into a little bit of what, what went on for the rest of the day. So we went to dancing gnome, um, and they had just released 
Barn Owl. Barn Barn Owl. <laughs> the part of the continuation of the Flower series ish. Yes. Or like a it, this is taking over for the Flower series, which is a lot of double IPAs. We pretty much had to say that that the whole series almost tastes the same. <laughs> yeah. It's maybe different enough. It's it's tough to say because you don't it's only once a month and it truly is like probably three or four weeks between that they're releasing these. So you don't want to keep and, and based on what we were talking about earlier today on this podcast was you don't want to keep those for more than more than that amount of time, maybe, or, or like you would only be able to have two on hand at a time, maybe. Right. You know, you want to really like push the limits of freshness on those beers. Well, and uh, so we, we talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago too, is this series is definitely more for the brewers than for the consumer because they're trying different malt bills. They're doing, or, you know, they're doing different grain bills. They're doing different hop bills. Like it's not a, Oh, this is the fucking citrus bird. This, uh, you know, the citra bird, mm-hmm. this isn't the, the strata bird. Like they're, they're experimenting with the recipes to play around with it yeah. to really just provide that same experience with different types of, ingredients right right and, and i think they're they're probably all nuanced but for me it's like every time i go back and i have one of those you know and i had a, a fair amount of the flower series like i want to say rose might have been the last one that i'd had from the flower series but from what i remember rose tasting like it almost tasted exactly like bar now yeah and, and i mean and they're great doubles it's, it's it's always a good beer right and it's always a good a good one to get maybe like a half pint of. I don't know if you want to go crazy with that one and, and get a full pint because it goes eight and a half or in the neighborhood of nine. Yeah, they're, uh, they're eight to eight and a half, I think mostly. So, so we we started with that. My favorite, maybe my my favorite beer, at, like ever or or at all of all the beers that I've had. It's probably in my top five. I would say is Lustra. So we mm. had that when I was there. I um, had a, a lull. A lull? Lull was, um, it, so they're releasing Wishbone, to, or they released Wishbone today. Um, Wishbone is uh, Citra, I think, hopped. Okay. Uh, Pale Ale. Yep. Uh, lull was Nelson. So same beer with different hop. Yep. Excellent beer. Right, five percent, super crushable, not real heavy body. You know, it's crisp, it's light, it's drinkable. Honestly, the pale ales that Dancing Gnome releases, just go get them as much as you can because they're super awesome and they're super drinkable. That's good stuff. Like, I think is Etch one of their pales, or is that a is that an IPA? It's an IPA. Okay, um, but that's the thing. Even some of their IPAs are a little bit lighter. They almost they almost drink like. A pale ale. Yeah, Pounce is probably my favorite beer that they make. Pounce is good. Um, I'll be honest. That's... Yeah, but, but like Lustra, I've been lucky enough that like, because I haven't really been in Pittsburgh that much. I mean, I've been back maybe five or six times since. Don't I lie, you you schedule your trips Boston. around Lustra releases. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> that's. I wish that I did. Like, I, I I might start doing that because I've gotten again, I've gotten lucky enough, and my luck will start to run out if if I keep it up this way. Right. <laughs> but it's just such a damn good beer. And I, I was talking to the guy, Ernie, next to us, who's 
such a good guy. Oh, he's um, a, he's a super character though. Like he's he was, just he was telling us a hell of a lot of stories. And yeah. Stuff. Um, but he he was asking me what I was having, and I was like, "Yeah, Lustra. I mean, this is probably my favorite beer that they make." And he was like, "I'm telling you, man, it's the, I'm I'm the same way. Like it's it's so hard." And then we we started talking a little bit about the Lustra series that they did last year and stuff. And it's I don't know what the hell they put in that beer. I, I probably should know at this point, but. It's just, it's so good. And yeah. it's, it's light and it's, you know, it's maybe 5.6, I think is what I read on there. Or maybe, maybe it is 6%, but that's a great. 5.8, Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like that's a, that's an all day IPA. Oh, founders. Crushable uh. beer. You know, like that's something that I would definitely take like eight of those down pretty easily in in 12 ounce cans oh. so we'll, yeah so we'll call it five 16 <laughs> or whatever whatever that math works out to be yeah um all right we, scientists so we that we picked up we picked up a full case um of barn owl everybody yeah barn owl <laughs> everybody had i mean that runs about like a buck, a buck 20 or something um yeah so like everybody had it seemed to have a pretty good time at day. i love going to Everybody's super cool there. You, I mean, you guys are obviously like very good friends with them. So I kind of just, uh, I make friends with everybody through you guys, and I don't think I've ever had a bad experience. Because um, we used to go like when we were, we had just turned twenty one, twenty two, and I was back from co op and stuff, and that was sort of my mine and Alex's place. And then you guys sort of took over as like the the experts the regulars or whatever um yeah so i do want to say let me let me tell you a little little funny blurb about saturday or no this was uh thursday we went in and it was like 9 30 they close at 10 right and we walked in and we got our beers and walked around the side of the bar and i heard trevor as we were walking around the bar goes hey nick and sarah are here and he was talking to Zach and Zach comes like running down to the end of the bar and he's like, Hey guys, hold on. And he pours me a beer, <laughs> um, just like out of a can behind the bar. <laughs> I don't know if I should be saying this on, on the podcast or not, but he was like, Probably not. We he was like, I need you guys to try this. I need you to tell me what this is like. So, and, th- and this happens all the time there because they get so much beer from regulars, from people that are traveling or like want to visit yeah. and that. And that's just the nature of the industry is you drop a can off, they give you your four pack, you pay for it, whatever. But I just, just hearing Trevor go, Hey, Nick and Sarah are here. And like Zach immediately like pays attention to us. Like it was, it was like, uh, it's a humbling experience because like, I don't think of myself as anything special when we walk in there. Like I fully intend on paying for everything and, you know, being very like, you know, just and, a and consumer. I don't, think any of us, I don't think that any of us are being like facetious when we say that. Like, I, I will never expect anybody to give me like a free beer. Right. But just like, because like I would gladly pay for it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would, I'd rather get, I'd rather pay for a beer at Dancing Room than get a free beer from, you know, name a brewery that I don't like. You know, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to call anybody out specifically, but. But like, it, I don't want a free Bud Light. Why do we go there, right? Like, like I, I, enjoy the ability to purchase their beer from them and everything else is just extra. And those guys just take such good care of us. And that, I mean, that's how you get the big followings and that's how you get like 
all these people to come here because it, it seems like everybody that walks in there is is a regular, you know, and they have probably like forty or fifty people that they know by name. Right. At least one oh, or two of the one for or sure. two of the bartenders know by name. But right? they're and, but like those guys are so good at their job. Like they're the top tier of people who pour beer for you. And I mean, mm-hmm. I mean to say that is not like a dig at their profession, but they are the experts when it comes to dancing gnome beer. Like you ask any one of the people behind the bar and they're going to say, Oh, you know what? This one isn't as good or it was better. Or I don't really like this style, but these are the highlights. Like they are so you know educated. They've set, it up, they've set it up in such a way that they don't allow themselves to run into issues where people are getting too drunk or that type of stuff. And I'm sure it's happened. And, and that's really one of the worst things that can happen to people who run restaurants and, and bars and stuff like that. And no one ever deserves that. I mean, as much as you like, Unless someone like at, in the bar, like behind the bar, slaps you in the face for some reason, you really have no reason to like get in the face of a bartender for any reason. And that no. goes with like that goes with everywhere. I have such strong feelings about that because I mean, I I had worked in the service industry for a long time, and you get the and, assholes is what it comes down to. There are yeah, assholes everywhere. People who who feel entitled for no reason, right? and, and you're always going to sort of have that. But again, Dancing Gnome has, has done a good job of. Of quelling that by quelling. That's a good word. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I try to sound smarter than I actually am. <laughs> this podcast so that when people T- tuffically, it's, it's tough. No, so <laughs> they've done a good job where they, you know, they open late enough and they close early enough that you're not getting the crowd that's rolling in after Penn's games on a Friday night. Right. You know, and you're not getting a crowd that, you know, or a Steelers game or something like that. Like Sundays, they keep to 12 to six Saturdays is 12 to, you know, eight. 10 or eight. Right. And, and it's like you, you save yourself all the headache because you don't allow people to really take advantage of it and just, and just get hammered off of the spear. Plus it's, it's not cheap. No. I don't know why people ever get too hammered at these craft breweries. If you're doing like a tour, I can understand that where you walk into a place and you're just like, wow, I've had too many. And then you continue getting beers. And I'm not going to say that, that that's never happened to me. And I, I don't like to admit it, but it's, you know, especially with the tours, as long, you know, as long as you're not driving and you're not causing a scene anywhere out, it's fine. You know, you know, if, if you choose to, to go home and puke your guts out for like three hours, <laughs> me on Saturday, your, your, that's, you know, that's your prerogative. What am I going to say? As long as you're not driving and as long as you're not causing a fuss with any of the bartenders, like I'll defend people in the service industry until I die and I will continue to tip well. I mean, you, you have some people who are bad and some people who just don't really get it maybe, but by and large, it's a lot of people who, just don't deserve any of the flack that they're getting from people who just feel again, entitled to, to having better service or like getting free stuff or whatever it is. It's just like these places get really busy. Like sometimes it's the service lacks a little bit because you've got to wait for a beer a little bit longer than you expect to. There's no, that's, there's no reason to, to be upset because you're the person who chose to go there. If you don't, if you don't want to wait for a beer, go to any bar anywhere else and just get like a, a Miller light from, from the bartender and take it somewhere and drink it. Like if you want to get the top quality product, you're going to have to wait a little bit. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think we focused a lot on dancing on this <laughs> segment. True. I mean, we were just sort of going through this the weekend. Anyway, um, the weekend pretty much finished up with me drinking a lot of that barn owl on Saturday night and falling asleep uh, when we went out at the bar. Um, <laughs> I didn't cause a scene. I just I just nodded off for a little bit, and they were like, all right, we're going to get you out of here. And they didn't kick me out. They, my friends got me out of there in time, but that was... Uh, I hadn't seen a lot of my friends in a while, so I, I took it a little bit too far. But um, I, so that was pretty much it for beer for me. I had, I think I had a Heineken on Monday night just because I was at uh, the Cheesecake Factory with some of my friends. That pretty much rounds out my beer for the week. <laughs> I did have my first beer from Alaska last night. Um, I was at a hotel in Seattle because of that layover. Um, I had an Amber Ale from Alaska Brewing Company. And it was fine. It was way too expensive. I paid ten seventy five for a twenty ounce pour of it. Holy um, balls! I was, a, I was in a hotel bar, and it was a super bougie hotel bar that I also paid ten seventy five for a cheeseburger and fries. So no, actually, I paid nineteen seventy five. Holy yeah. Jesus! So my total bill came out to be like thirty three dollars for one beer, uh, like two glasses of water, and a burger and fries. Did they charge you for the water? <laughs> No, I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Um, but then, but it's weird because I, you know, I'm coming from Oregon where they don't have sales tax, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. It's only going to be thirty on the dot, and then it was like, oh wait, it's thirty six or whatever it was. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, what are, what are we running uh, time wise here, Nick? Uh, we're about an hour. So oh, okay. Yeah, so we're fun. not bad. Um, uh, let me uh, let me shift gears a little bit. So uh, we had. Dad's birthday party on Saturday, so that got a little bit out of hand. But I mean, <laughs> it always does uh, with when you him. Pick the case of a beer that's eight and a half percent alcohol, it's not going to go well. No. So there's a. Uh, so I will say um, the fictional whatever it's called, I forget the name <laughs> by Hitchhiker was really good. Um, definitely worth the uh, standing in line for an hour. Um, yeah. The, uh, what did I, do? I don't, I don't remember. I didn't do much on Sunday. We had a couple of those Levante beers. Levante, by the way, thanks for, uh, putting us in your story today. Um, <laughs> those guys seem like a really good time. I'm excited to, to see them at juicy brews on, on Saturday. Um, to look ahead to the week here, we're already halfway through, so I'm not really going to hit on a whole lot, but Really excited for Juicy Brews at the new Cinderlands on Saturday. Um, I feel like it's going to be a big old party. There's a lot of breweries that I've been following on social media for a long time that are going to be there that I've never had anything from. Um, the two that come to mind are Wanderer from uh, Washington, I want to say, Washington State, and Calusa from California. Um, but I also like Dewey is going to be there and like, not to mention Hudson, Hudson Valley. Yeah. Hudson Valley is like like, extremely heavy hitter with like one of the best, like overall branding that I've ever seen. Oh my God. Their artwork is terms of right. In terms of incredible, in terms of merch, in terms of just like the way that they present everything. Like I can't imagine what that place looks like inside. They probably have like a shitload of artwork and like crazy pieces and everything. But I mean, I, that one specifically would be one that I would be looking towards. Um, 
Levante, I've only had the one from them, so that would be cool to see. They, you know, they have some of the regulars from... But what I was surprised and happy to see was they had so many... Like, in the lineup, they have so many breweries from Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah, yeah really, that was really cool. More, almost more than I've seen uh, in terms of, like, percentage of breweries from the place that they're hosting the event at is it's, I don't know, maybe 25, 30, 35% Pittsburgh breweries. Or if not more, like I think that there's probably, what, 20-ish that are going to show up. And there are at least eight from Pittsburgh, right? Like you have like Grist House, Cinderlands, DG. Um, you have... 11th Hour. Man, uh, um, I can't even think. Right off the top of my head, but yeah, like I'm, I'm super jealous. I would, I would have loved to have been there for that. It was, uh, it was a blast up in Boston. I mean, being being by yourself is a little bit lame, but just the number of breweries and like, like it's such a good deal for for what you get. I mean, it, I think it it sort of turns into sort of just like a drunk fest at the end, where the people who are like, oh man, like I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get my money's worth out of this sixty that like aren't really. Yeah. necessarily appreciating <laughs> what it is but it'll just be really cool for you guys to see the building before it it gets and like we've seen some pictures and things from different accounts but before it, it is fully operational yeah it's gonna yeah be and awesome. that's something i i think is probably the the biggest draw for me is that it's a new place and cinderlands doesn't do anything half-assed right like their their food is incredible their beer is really fine-tuned um, there's going to be just, I think that there's a, these hop culture events, they do such a good job of bringing people who are going to be representatives of the brewery, mm-hmm. which I think is super cool. I mean, yeah, you're going to, I'm going to get super drunk, I'm sure. But at the same time, like I know following these breweries on Instagram or social media in general yeah. that I can kind of place, okay, so you're actually like the head brewer at such and such brewery or, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, there are volunteers that will pour and there's probably, I'd say maybe half of them are going to be volunteers that are pouring, but the other half are the actual people that run these places. And that's honestly like a big part of why I'm drawn to the hop culture events more so than like the Pittsburgh beer fest, not to bash them or say that it's a bad event or anything like that, because I'm sure it's great. But, no, but I, I've poured at one of these four. I forget who I had. I think I had Brooklyn Brewery or something, or, or I had like two random breweries. And I was like, people would come up to me and be like, hey, like, so what's, you know, like, where are you guys based out of? Like, all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's cool when you ask those questions, you get like an actual answer from people who work at the place. Yeah. And, and everybody's such good friends that I feel like they take it as an excuse to come promote their, their stuff, but also hang out with like a lot of the people that they've become friends with in the industry. Yes. So I'm excited. Um, the glassware I'm definitely picking up. I kind of wanted, I, I, I feel like it would be a win for them to have like merch from the breweries that maybe don't have online sales. Cause I was looking, so I'm, I'm in love with Calusa's design. And the, just their logo is just one of those, like, super simplistic. It's just, like, a cursive, like, baseball tee written out, you know, Calusa. That's yeah. it. But their hats are so sick, and I want one. 
And uh, if you guys happen to listen to this, I'm going to tag you in it. If you listen this far into the podcast, bring me a hat. <laughs> but I'm a hat. That's all he wants. Yeah, but like life will be made if you. Do. I will. I will definitely pay you for it. I don't care. I just can't buy it online, and it pisses me off. You know. Yeah. So these these events are super cool. Um, anybody that's going that listens to this podcast, search us out. We're going to be at the late session from eight to eleven. Um, I'll be probably posted up by the Dewey station just because they have a 10% IPA that they're pouring and I'm super excited about it, but there's, uh, there's so much good beer out there and like, I just really want to experience it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I, the cool thing is uh, about hop culture is that they are, they are, they're fairly regional. I mean, they stay, it seems like they stay on the East coast, but they've definitely branched out into going to West coast to the West and anybody who, who we want to reach on this podcast that like, if you're listening to this and you're out in Boston or you're down South or out West or whatever it is, like you're going to find one of these events out there and there's going to be hella quality beer wherever you go. And that was, that was the case with Boston. That was the case with the DG birthday party last year. That's going to be the case this week. Um, there's, Another one coming up in in Virginia or North Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. North Carolina um, for like a like a March Madness themed one, which would be super cool. Like if I you know if I had any time off, like I I would consider doing that. But um, you know, even even I was thinking about like maybe heading down to Oakland or something. Like if I can if I can catch a flight down to Oakland uh, and go to the Juicy Brews Festival down there. Like even if you know maybe oh, that one's going to be wild. You know, there's, I mean, there's a hell of a lot of craft beer up here, and I don't see why they wouldn't take a chance on coming up here as well. So, um, hop culture keeps doing their thing, and uh, I don't expect any anything to change for a while, and they're going to keep putting on these crazy, cool events to get people sort of riled up and excited about these different breweries. So, at that point, I don't know. I mean, we've, we haven't really talked a whole lot. I mean, I know you wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, what you guys are seeing next week, I'm sure is going to be just a complete hungover, you know, <laughs> hair of the dog thing at like 8 PM. And you guys are going to be like, well, we're going to talk about every beer that we had. So, you know, maybe it's, it's better that we're not, you know, beating a dead horse. Yeah. Talking about, about <laughs> it now, but just to get you guys a little bit excited about what, what's going to be coming up next week. Um, so this this is fun. I like I like doing the the one on ones are kind of cool. It's it's a good change of pace from like everybody sort of chiming in, like stepping on each other's toes because we we can like see each other talking and you know everything. But um, yeah, in terms of me this week, I it's it's been a weird week so far because I haven't really been at work for the first three days. I mean, I'm working remotely, but it's not quite the same. Um, so I've I have a lot of work to do this weekend. I'll I'll try to pick up some beers maybe. Uh, hit one or two places on like Friday night. It's also, weather's also pretty shitty here still. So I don't know how, (laughs) how likely I'll be able to, or how likely it'll be that I'll be able to do that. But uh, I'm excited to hear about, about the whole, uh, Brews festival coming up here. And I I can't wait to see the pictures from Cinderland's. We'll, we'll try to get some Instagram posts up there and and stuff of the things that we're seeing from Cinderland's. I'm, I'm guessing they'll allow, you to take pictures i don't see a reason for them to not allow you to do that maybe yeah. some air be restricted or something i can't imagine that they're going to be in control of that is really what it comes down to because there's going to be 300 people per session 
Yeah. And you're not going to be policing, like, you can't use your cell phone, blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I feel like it's going to be a big just, hey, this is our new place. Check it out. Enjoy it. We're going to be open, uh, you know, April 1st or something like that. And it's going to be super cool to see. I'm just totally enamored with it and really excited for what they're bringing. It's a cool building, such a cool idea for them to take over a building that has like a lot of history and a lot, like a lot of people went to the spaghetti warehouse, like a lot, like before you had all these new restaurants popping up all over the place in Pittsburgh, like spaghetti warehouse was one of those places where you kind of just like, you kind of just went. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, it's like a glorified olive garden, but before olive garden got big, you know, like, I mean, it was kind of just like a, Oh, like you don't see these everywhere. It's not, this is, was it a chain? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. No. But it was like right. you know five ninety nine. All you could eat pasta on Wednesdays or whatever. Right. So that was just a thing that like people from Pittsburgh did. You know, like and people that used that lived in the Strip District in Lawrenceville and stuff. Like probably didn't have that much money and stuff. So you would, you know, that that could be like a nice night out. So I think it's cool that they're sort of revamping that into something that um, is going to attract a lot more people to that area. Not that the Strip has any like. Uh, you know, shortage. shortage of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's like one of the coolest and, and hippest areas of, of Pittsburgh. But um, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't want to continue running my mouth for any longer. So you have anything else to add, Nick? Um, I'm sure we'll hit some can releases too along the way. I do want to check out the uh, Allegheny city, their release. Um, they did follow us on Twitter this week. Thanks for that guys. Uh, any, as far as, Instagram, social media shots, anything? Uh, not really. Like I said, Levante is super cool. Those guys are awesome. Um, Mercury is super effective. Uh, very impressed with their service on that. Uh, they they are really in tune with their uh, product and as well, and their uh, clientele, right? So definitely if you haven't yet check them out their uh, free shipping on your first order is just first order all caps for the uh, promo code and like the beer is phenomenal like I got a 12% stout four pack and it was twenty dollars eighteen dollars something like that plus plus shipping fees and whatever but that that to me I think is a huge thing and I, more breweries are definitely gonna jump on board with it Um Otherwise, trying to think of what else. Um, shout out to uh, so Cellar Works out in Sarver, PA. They are uh, doing a Butler Breweries collaboration that I'm very interested in because it is a barley wine that you don't really see in Pittsburgh. There's not a whole lot of breweries doing barley wines. Or like period. I, I wouldn't even say just Pittsburgh. I mean, it's, I, it's not a hot style right now. That's the thing. Like, I feel like you get your, your pastry stouts, your, your dippas, your hazy boys, you know, and barley wine just kind of goes by the wayside. So I'm really excited to see what they pull out of their hat with that one. They just brewed it this week. So it'll probably yeah. be a month or two before we see it, you know, out and about, but, uh, the Butler brew scene is blowing up. Um, Butler brew works. Is, I've been I've been very impressed with, with what Butler's been producing for a little while, but it just doesn't get as much hype because it's not really. I mean, you got to go a good forty five minutes from a lot of the places that we talk about to get up there. But but like, there's some good ass beer in Butler. Yeah, yeah, that's the you thing. Don't don't sleep on them. 
Um, Dented Keg is opening in Mars. Um, there's there's so much beer out there, and we're going to tell you all about all of it because we're going to try to drink it all. So We do. We really do. We try to drink it all for you. We do it for you. We do it out of love. <laughs> yes, our livers are your we will, window we to the world. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I got this week. Uh, Jake, thanks for coming on. I know it's Wednesday. Um, it is quarter after 11 my time. So I know it's not super late for you, but I, yeah, uh, I mean, it's been a long day of traveling and it, you, you don't really understand how like draining it is to just sit in an airport for like four or five hours until you actually do it. And as I'm saying, this sounds like a first world problem, but you know, this is <laughs> what did you do after you sat in that airport? Did you fly through the air like a bird? <laughs> yes, I did. And you know, had everything, everything paid for, which, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to sound like I deserve any type of pity. And I really don't. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm a little tired. Right yeah. Now. Fuck you, Jake, you and your, um, you and your free so travel. We'll close it out. Um, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys uh, on the flip side of Juicy Brews Pittsburgh version three. All right, guys. Um, this is uh, this is Nick cheersing himself uh, with. Cheersing. No- I'm going to cheers my microphone. Hopefully, they'll get a little bit of that. Ready? Three, two. All right. Hello, and welcome to the end of the podcast. You made it this far, so why don't you go and follow us on social media? At The Weekly Recap on Instagram. At The Weekly Recap 1 on Twitter. Or email us, theweeklyrecap1 at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week.